Welcome back to Martins and More. My name's Maury Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. This episode of Martins and More is brought to you by the Martin D45 Fire and Ice. The Fire and Ice is a very unique instrument designed by renowned artist Harvey Leach, featuring an Engelmann spruce top with heavy bear claw and gorgeous Madagascar rosewood back and sides. For more information on the D45 Fire and Ice, please contact Maury's Music today. We have a lot to talk about today. What's going on, Spoon? Well, I'm sitting here on what's actually an overcast, rainy spring day, and I'm glad to have some company in the form of my pal, Maury. Is it, uh, how's the weather out there in Pennsylvania? It is equally cloudy and crappy, and nothing better to do today than sit in the podcast studio with one of my best buds. I think you meant to say it's a podcast day, not an overcast day. Bunch. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And that is our, our least favorite weather friends, Cloudy and Crappy. Here they are now. <laughs> you know, this is the first episode for season three. And if we're going to make a change, the time is now. Would you consider calling this Cloudy and Crappy? <laughs> I think we have to shelve that idea. Uh, <laughs> and um, I think we may just need to stick with Martins and more. All right, Cloudy, I'll follow your lead. You're the one that knows everything about this stuff. So, um, anywho, uh, I have a question for you. What do Buzz Aldrin, Buzz Lightyear, and Buzz Bunny have in common? <laughs> I couldn't think of a third Buzz. <laughs> That's a very, very good question. I can't think of a third Buzz either. But uh, all three of them have a Buzz. And we have recently heard from a loyal listener of Martins and More, uh, our friend William C., who uh, informed us that he has a reimagined Triple O 28 that he loves a lot, but it has some buzzing going on when he plays it. And he wanted to ask Maury, and I'm going to tag along, of what might be causing the buzzing and what are his options in terms of doing something about it to make it not buzz? Well, that's a great topic, and it's probably not the first time we've heard this brought up in conversation. It is a very good segue, before I get into the meat and bones of this whole podcast, to remind you that this season, we almost promised to guarantee to get our good friend John Hall on the airwaves from Blues Creek Guitars. This would be something right up his alley, but I'm going to tell you some of the things I've learned from guys like him guys like Tim Teal, uh, some really, really knowledgeable people who know how to build guitars, fix guitars, and alleviate buzzes. There is more than one thing that could be wrong when you hear somebody complain about a buzz. It could be one of more than a few different issues or a combination of some of them. But before we dive into what could cause buzzing, let me ask you, uh, can you tell from his comment, did he specifically mean a buzz or could it have been a rattle or a noise? Uh, there are a lot of things in the family of unwanted sounds, you know, when it comes to a buzzing sound? Yes, that is a great, that's a great question. I've often said that when it comes to music, uh, musical instruments and, and the phenomena of sounds of all kinds, what one person says uh, to refer to a sound or a kind of sound or a quality of sound may translate completely differently in somebody else's brain. And a very good example is when the people are talking about the tone of a guitar, saying a guitar sounds warm or a guitar sounds bright. Those kind of exp uh, expressions and words can mean different things to different people. And buzz is certainly one of those words. So for right now, I'm going to assume he's talking about what I would call a buzz that basically can be uh, sound like the word buzz with a Z at the end, and um, sometimes can, I, I refer to it as uh, when I'm playing a guitar at, uh, on certain strings or in certain positions, and it sounds a little bit like a sitar uh, kind of buzz. So what do you think is, let's say somebody says buzz, and you assume they're talking about an, a buzz as opposed to a rattle. Um, what would you say is the first thing you uh, think of and look for? What you think is the most common or the number one suspect when somebody says, I'm playing my guitar and it buzzes? 
probably low action. And, and when I say this, that's the first thing I think of, but the first two or three things I think of are equally as popular. So that's not to say I always assume it's gonna be low action, but that's the first thing I really do think of only because we see so many guitarists come in here to Mari's music from either Martin or Blue Ridge, and whether they're coming from a perfectly done factory setup and driven from the Martin factory in my own vehicle back here, or from being manufactured in China with the, the Blue Ridge guitars being shipped and inspected in San Francisco and then shipped all the way across the country to us. The times I've heard guitars that have a buzz, that's the very first thing I check for. So, you know, hearing a story long distance about someone's complaining to you about their issue, it's certainly not easy to diagnose without seeing it. But that would be my first question back to that person. If the height of the strings, and that's what the action is, the height of the strings from the top of the 12th fret to the bottom of the string, if that gets too low and you're not careful with the way you're playing with your technique, you can certainly get a buzz because the strings don't have enough room to get out of their own way. If you're going to strum a chord, the vibration you set in motion to each string needs a little bit of room to, to move up and down and oscillate, for a better term. So low action would be my first guess. And it's not to say that that's always the culprit, but oftentimes that's, that's really what I look for first. Well, I'm glad you uh, went into a little more detail about what action is. People hear about that a lot. And of course, you look up the word action in the dictionary. Uh, if you can even find a definition that refers to the height of a guitar string or the string of a uh, fretted instrument uh, above the fret, it's going to be way down the line. So people hear about a guitar having great action. And a lot of times, a lot of people have no idea what that means. Um, by coincidence that you bring this up, um, I had received an email from a person named uh, Kanarat, I hope I'm pronouncing that, from Thailand, who um, wanted to know about string height and Martin action. So the Martin factory uh, considers the action uh, specifications to fall between uh, two measurements. And when we're talking about a low E string, and let's say um, uh, we're going to talk about a dreadnought with medium strings. Low E string is supposed to be between two measurements. Uh, these are metric. Uh, this is 2 and 2.38 millimeters is minimum. It has to be at least 2.38 millimeters above the fret, the bottom of the string, or at its most 2.78 millimeters. And for those of you who are not that familiar with the metric system who live in the United States or Liberia or the People's Republic of Myanmar, which is the only three countries that don't use metric system, uh, that measurement means that the, the base E string should be three thirty seconds minimum above the fret at the 12th fret. And the base E string should be at the most seven sixty fourths maximum. Uh, the treble string should be one sixteenth minimum, five sixty fourths maximum. And so that translates to minimum 1.59 millimeter, maximum 1.98 millimeter. And again, I'm talking about uh, medium gauge strings, um, light gauge strings. Um, well, Mario, let me ask you, where do you, where do you set a dreadnought with medium strings has come from the factory that might have needed a little adjustment. Well, there's a little bit of a two-pronged answer there because if you're getting a Blue Ridge guitar, those actually arrive with lights. So I'll answer this the same way in any case because the height of the string from the top of the 12th fret to the bottom of the string, when we're talking about finding that tolerance and arriving inside that window of acceptable range from Martin, regardless of whether it's lights, extra lights, or mediums, that's really the target. You want to be 330 seconds at the base E and 230 seconds at the treble E. And you walk into the Martin factory and you'll hear people talk all the time, three and two, three and two. That's the shortcut or the shorthand version of it. So that's the starting point. And I want to definitely be careful to say starting point because I think we all know somebody who could play a guitar that's set up nice and low, play it very carefully and have a great time with it because it's not hard to play. They're not fighting it. There's no reason to put it higher because they're not going to make it buzz because their technique and their acceptance of a little bit of a, a buzz. So 
if you hand some delicate fingerstyle player, for example, a Martin guitar with the action at three on the bass side, and they can play it very comfortably, does that mean that's where everyone should have it set? Absolutely not, because we all know someone else who you hand them the guitar and they're going to be the bull in the china closet and have a very heavy attack. They're going to have uh, a technique that's different from the first person. And it's important to say this early in this show, we're not picking on anybody if it starts to sound like we're talking about, hey, you over there, you have perfect technique. This guy on this side of the room, your technique stinks. That's not what we're saying. But your technique will dictate how much you can actually make the guitar more or less comfortable. So my technique, the way I play, if I want to play my own guitar, is heavy-handed and I don't like a lot of buzz. You find someone else who has a heavy hand that doesn't mind buzz, you can set it up differently. You find somebody with really good technique that can play carefully without feeling like they're being forced to play carefully. It's all very variable, but to start the program the right way, I'll agree and, and tell you, Spoon, it is three and two, and that's where I would set it up if we got a guitar in here from one of the factories, whether it's Martin or not. If it came in a little bit too high or a little bit too low, or was built perfectly, but ended up moving a little bit in the you know 10 or 15 days since the guitar was built, that's where I would send it back to. However, and I'm not trying to make this answer longer than it should be, if it comes in and it's a little bit too high, I'll let you in on a little secret. I might leave it alone, just because we might sell that guitar in two months to somebody who asks for action that's a little bit higher. So I know that I have to make an adjustment, but there are times that I'll actually wait until the guitar does sell so I don't adjust it twice. Well, that's fascinating. It didn't even occur to me that that, that of course, makes perfect sense that, that uh, you may have customers who let you know in advance that I, I like higher action. That's certainly me. I think we're both in kind of the same boat. You mentioned the guy over here who has great technique and perfect technique and the guy over here whose technique stinks. I think if uh, um, listeners go to YouTube and see the video where uh, Mari and I uh, did our own sort of Martin Vases Martin when I uh, Martin versus Martin when I was visiting at Coldale uh, to see the Nam guitars, um, and uh, you'll see that Mari has beautiful technique and uh, my technique stinks. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I'm totally self-taught and it's just the way I play. So, um, so, and one of the things I need is high action. I've never had a, I've never purchased a Martin. That's not entirely true. Uh, I think the uh, the Lawrence Juber models that I have purchased have worked for me very well. The uh, but every time I've gotten a, a Martin. I had to have the accent adjusted because they just set them up far too low for me. And I play too hard, I press too hard, and I waggle the strings around too hard, and, um, and I definitely uh, need higher action because I play hard enough that the strings are, are I don't know, I guess vibrating around so much that they keep you know, contacting the frets. So. Um, so I've always gone for higher action, though still within spec, but um, typically speaking. So action is one reason. If the action's low in combination with how you play, now if the action's too low, no matter how good you're going to be at playing gently, uh, you're going to end up having some fret buzz from the strings getting on the frets. Um, as my old man uh, used to say, uh, you know, he his thing was the game of golf, and uh, he was as uh, as into that as I am acoustic guitars, and he would tell anybody, and he was very good at the game, that you hit every club the exact same way, uh, with as little tension as possible. You want to be nice and relaxed and smooth, and you let the club do the work. That's why there's different club lengths, and so you hit your driver the same way you hit your pitching wedge if you're doing it right. And the same thing with playing guitar. I envy people who can play effortlessly, completely relaxed. They don't actually hit the strings very hard at all. And they find very quickly where that guitar wants to be played, where it's at its most resonant and sounds the most beautiful. I play very emotionally. Uh, Mari knows what I'm talking about. He, he does that to a certain extent as well. <laughs> and so I can love playing delicate old vintage guitars or some new guitars with very low action and but i feel constrained that i i can't 
you know, I got to be me and those kind of guitars. I can't be me. But uh, so that's one thing if you, you know, as Mari pointed out, uh, some people like to be careful while they play and and play with low comfortable action and adjust their playing to avoid buzzing. Um, that's different than the action being genuinely too low. And do you find, Mari, that is it, is it usually if the action is too low, it's every string? Or is it times where uh, one string might have its action different than the others? Usually it's every string, but... You know, that said, the, the treble strings could be a little bit more problematic than others. But normally when I find this is the problem, uh, the, the, you know, the treble E and the B might buzz a little bit more than the others, but the other ones buzz as well. So, and, and one thing I wanted to add to the last thing you said, especially for anybody listening, and if you might not have listened very closely at the beginning, the technique thing, it's, it's not like your technique is bad or you're picking on yourself the way you said that. You can play carefully, but you just don't want to. And it, there are some people that can't play carefully. And if you're just being, beginning your journey learning how to play guitar, you might be in that camp with you're not experienced enough yet. You're just a beginner. You don't know yet. But even people who do know that have been playing guitar, you know, 30 years longer than us, might have technique that they just want to be reckless because it's fun. And it's not, not to say you can't play carefully. You just don't get enjoyment out of that. So I've often set up guitars for customers. And I, I'll tell you the truth. I'll be like, oh, I wish I could play this guitar. This feels so comfortable. And you might say, well, why don't you just set up your own guitar that way? You have your guitars here and you work in the store. Well, because I won't remember that feeling when I'm playing uh, at, a, at a gig. And I just want to, like, let loose. So it's that whole thing where we can go to Martin Fest, you and I, and play the most comfortable guitars and pass them around and give them to someone else and back to the owner and be like, yeah, that ain't going to work for me. It's so fun for a minute. And like you said, you might pick a really small, quiet passage to play on that to make it sound right. But it's the comfort that you're looking for in your own thing. But uh, I hope I didn't uh, go too long-winded there. No, no. And I, and I, well, we're both really good at that. But uh, but I, I always appreciate hearing uh, the comments and emails of people who... Uh, you know, like the fact we go into details like this, but uh, I have played uh, people's guitars where I was like, I can't believe he plays this thing. It buzzes so badly, but then <laughs> I'll see him playing it, you know, uh, you know, like at a Martin Fest, you know, an hour later or whatever, and it's not buzzing at all <laughs> <laughs> because I put a lot of elbow grease into my playing and, uh, and I have to remember to, you know, ease off when it comes to... Uh, uh, you know, and that's a, particularly a lot of vintage uh, Martins are set up with very low action these days, uh, sometimes with a very little saddle left because they're trying to avoid a neck reset, you know, and you just have to, you know, you, you have to adjust to, uh, to the guitar. And so unlike a golf club, you don't play every guitar the same way. But if you relax um, and not play so hard, I think a lot of people will be surprised as how much, you know, how much sound comes out and how little buzzing. Um, and also, I'll just say, like you said, some people don't mind the buzzing, uh, you know, just like they don't mind the wick, wick, wick sound of the fingers sliding on the strings. And, you know, and other people do uh, mind that and try very hard not to, you know, slide their fingers on the strings. It's all, it's all relative. So that's one, so that's one long reason uh, and, a, and a main reason why you'll get buzzing um, from uh, playing a guitar um, the reason I asked about particular strings is oftentimes only one string's buzzing. Somebody say, oh, it's just my bottom E string, or it's my G string, but it's only on the, when I'm playing in the first four frets. So I put a capo on, it goes away. So those are symptoms of different causes of buzzing. So other than the overall action being lower, uh, what's another more, com uh, more common uh, reason for buzz? Well, you just made me think of it when you said that in that specific instance, it could be the nut. If you recognize the saddle is going to be the radius of the neck. So for Martin guitars, most of them are going to be a 16 inch radius. And if you look down, you, you put your table on, you put your table, put your table on your guitar and say, I told you to do it. <laughs> you can put your guitar on a table, put your guitar on the table and look down, uh, you know, stand where the, uh, if you basically lay your neck down like train tracks, you, the saddle and the, uh, the neck have a radius of 16 inches. It's not dead flat. So typically, it would be very rare that somebody modified the top of the saddle to lose that perfect 16-inch radius. So 
the height of the saddle from E to E is probably going to remain consistent if you don't deliberately try and, and mess something up yourself. But the nut slots could wear over time, you know, a little bit unevenly. So if, if you every time you tune your guitar and you take your bass E string tuner and you tune up from D to D sharp to E, whether you know it or not, you're taking that string and it's acting like a saw. And it's just going back and forth and back and forth and over you know, billions of, of songs, you're making the nut slots a little bit low and maybe you're doing it more on the bass E string than you do on the B and vice versa. You could have a situation where it only buzzes on one string behind, I don't know, frets one through four, using a capo goes somewhere else. The action at the nut has also has to be in spec for Martin. I don't have those figures in my head, but there's ways to measure it. So that's the short answer there is it could be the situation where five of the strings have a correct in spec action going through the nut but one of them is low and that can cause a buzz that would probably cause a buzz more than on a few frets but that's another symptom or i should say another another reason for buzzing that's i'm glad you brought that up uh, so now we're, we're pinging and ponging off each other when it comes to the nut um Mario pointed out how those strings will ultimately start to wear down that nut slot and you can get buzzing uh, not just because they're out of spec, but because they're not smooth and you can get. And so I know uh, people will take graphite, literally like pencil lead and and or very, very. I don't know. Let me ask you when you when somebody's got like snags in their nut slots, um, what do you use? What do you use to smooth those out? Just nut files. It doesn't happen that often here, but if something does get bound a little bit or a little bit restrictive, just refiling them a little bit at the proper angle with the proper file. As you could imagine, you're going to need a really big file where the base E sits and a very skinny one where the treble E sits. So we have a, I mean, it's more than six files, but I have a big uh, container of, of nut files that I, I bought years and years ago. And I won't necessarily put pencil lead or any kind of a, uh, sometimes they call it sauce. What I'll just do is, is clean it out by making a couple extra passes with the right tool. But you make a good point too. Sometimes that's not enough and people don't want to you know, add some kind of ingredient in there to make it even less friction. And pencil lead still ends up being something I would go to if I had to. Yeah, and for for not everybody has a set of, of nut files. So, so you know, for people who are willing to work on their own guitars at the risk of voiding their warranty, um, you know, uh, graphite is a safe thing to use in the nut slots if you feel like something's snagging. That's also the case if you have a string. Uh, this often happens with E's and B strings, the unwound strings. If they seem to break abnormally quickly uh, or break while you're tightening them up abnormally often, that's often because you have a snag in that. And that's especially true of, of uh, bone. You know, hard material bone is a porous material. If you really looked at it under it greatly magnified, it's got, uh, you know, a bunch of tiny t little pores in it. And, um, and so bone can, you know, sometimes get snags in that. Um, I'm going to take this moment to bring up something that maybe we'll add in a future uh, myths about uh, acoustic guitar program in the future. But I'm going to say it right now because I recently heard somebody who's... Uh, local guitar tech guy who's very popular guitar tech guy um with you know lots of guitars and lots of clients and knows lots of stuff told this guy that martins martins that come with light gauge strings and martins that come with medium gauge strings have different nuts and that the nut slots are actually cut for light gauge strings or cut for medium strings and advise them not to put light gauge strings on their dreadnought or medium gauge strings on their you know, double O, triple O. And I would just like to say for the record that that's absolute hooey. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true at all. Hey, watch your language. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I should have said fooey. But um, <laughs> yes, um, that's fooey. And, uh, and Martin does not uh, have different nut slots for light gauge strings or medium gauge strings. They use the same nut slots for both. And uh, though that doesn't mean over time, you using the same string is, isn't going to wear away your nut slots. And, um, and so it may make a difference when you change your string gauge from a 13 to a 12 or a 13 to an 11 or 10. Then maybe you might run into 
you know, uh, it mattering. But in terms of Martin's Martin factory, they don't they don't have uh, special nut slots for light gauge or, or medium gauge strings. So you heard it here first, folks. Um, so we have so now we have so we've been talking about the nut and the saddle, and you were implying that something might have happened to the saddle to put it out of spec. So, um, so you're basically saying that people will adjust their own saddles uh, to change their own uh, string height. Is that what's going on? Oh yeah, and, and you'll uh, you'll hear it from me that the, the correct way to do it is to take the saddle out of the guitar and sand the bottom of the saddle against a piece of sandpaper on something perfectly flat. Do it properly and slowly so you maintain that it's perfectly perpendicular. And if you do that incorrectly, you can have a saddle slot that's no longer perfectly flat. Or if you make the mistake of trying to sand the top of the saddle, unless you're extremely careful to keep that 16-inch radius perfectly true, you'll have issues there as well, let alone if you make a mistake on the very top with the intonation. And you guys might have heard the term compensated saddle where the very top of the saddle looking at it from the the side every string crosses almost every string crosses the top of that saddle at a different distance so uh, not to get too technical into that stuff but play, playing with the saddle and modifying it to make the action lower unless you do it properly from the bottom you're definitely inviting some issues even if you do it perfectly uh, from the top it's it's unnecessarily inconvenient at uh, best case you know, I remember the first time I heard compensated saddle, I thought, well, how much are they paying a saddle and what for? Um, but they, uh, <laughs> oh, actually re they're actually referring to the fact they're compensating for the fact that uh, intonation changes uh, as you uh, play the, you know, as you go up the neck and that the B string um, requires a slightly different string length uh, when we're talking about string scale, when we're talking about long scale, short scale, we're talking about the distance of the playable, frettable string from the nut to the saddle. And the B string uh, was discovered um, relatively uh, modern times that shortening the B string's scale length a little bit, but more than the others, like he's, like Maury said, they're not all exactly even, but the, you'll notice how the B string is noticeably different uh, on the slot on the saddle than everything else. And they make the B string a little slow. So as you play up the neck, it stays in tune better when you fret it. And, um, and again, that's one thing people like me who like high action, you just have to live with the fact that your, your strings are going to go slightly out of tune a little bit if you press them too hard um, because they're, you're bending the string so much downward to get to the frets. And so um, that's, but to me, it's worth it to have less buzzing if to have a little um, intonation, you know, adjustment um, to, to uh, I'd rather have a little of, uh, intonation issue than, uh, than a lot of buzzing. So, um, so, so we have nut and saddle, uh, reasons that could possibly be causing buzzing. And in this case, are, you st are we still talking about fret buzz in the sense that something's wrong with the nut or the saddle, so that particular string is is contacting a fret, and so that's where we're getting that sitar buzz? Or is there buzzing that comes off that string at the nut or the saddle? Or is it or both of those possible? Uh, yes. And I, uh, let, me, let me address some of them. And, and I think you might have meant to say that the, the scale length of the B string is elongated a little bit. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry, it's the other way around. Not, sorry. Yeah, it's not yeah. shorter, it's long. Okay. Yeah. And I, I know you know that, but I want to make sure if somebody's listening that ran to their tape measure, don't uh, don't go yet. Let, let me just make sure we heard that right. <laughs> the B string actually crosses the back of the saddle uh, compared to like the treble E. And if you look really carefully, uh, the E string kind of cheats that way too. But it's another good topic. That might be its own podcast altogether. But yeah, when you're talking about the buzzing, the, the fact that the action is low at the nut and or the saddle, what I do mean is, yes, it's, it's, it's allowing the string to contact the frets too soon. It basically brings the action down at the north end and the south end of the string, but the, the frets are, are the guilty culprit in the middle. And that brings another point up that I, I should tie together that's not exactly that, but it's very similarly related. Uh, fret buzz could also be a tall fret, or a worn fret. So if you picture you bought a brand new Martin guitar 
from Mari's Music. Thank you very much for your business. We're glad you did. You're going to see frets that are very clean, that are plucked from the factory. And the height of each fret, the crown, they're, they're dressed properly, they're seated properly. There's, like, there's nothing wrong with the frets. That's how it starts. Over time, if you're like Mari, and you play your guitar uh, too heavily and with too hard a hand, and this ties back to that, you know, do you play carefully or do you play rambunctious? Uh, whether or not you do or don't, in time, you're going to need to look at the frets because the string... The string wire is stronger than the fret wire, otherwise you'd break strings every, every two songs. So the fact that you're playing strings and vibrating them, holding them down against the frets, eventually the frets are gonna just start to wear and they'll get divots. So if by chance you have a, a very bad divot on the B string on the fourth fret, well now when you press that down on certain chords and certain notes, you're pushing down and the height of the string how can I say this? That's not going to take an hour. The, you're, you're no longer seeing a completely uniform surface from frets 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and so on. 1, 2, 3 are nice and tall. 4 is, is low and has a pothole in it. 5, 6, and 7 are tall. Or, or any kind of combination of that kind of thing. You're going to definitely see the opportunity over time for certain notes are going to buzz because when you depress that string in the problem area of the neck, now you're no longer completely level so it's it's a little bit above my pay grade to try and put that into five sentences and not either say the wrong thing or give the wrong impression but if your frets are no longer completely perfect and they're beginning to get a groove that can certainly lead, lead to a fret buzz and maybe somewhere where you wouldn't expect it it's not necessarily obvious to a a player who doesn't do you know setups or fret work but once you start developing grooves in the frets buzzes can happen and let me just say that as a a well-rounded short answer to a problem that, that really deserves a lot more time so we're going to take a brief break in the discussion for the new feature we have in season three uh, a version of 20 questions so today mari is going to picture a martin guitar in his mind and i'm going to try to guess which one it is within 20 questions or three guesses. I only get three guesses of what model it might be. So, Mari, I want you to picture a Martin guitar in your mind. Well, first I have to take out of my mind that black and white cow cartoon that was in Homer Simpson's <laughs> mind on some of our favorite episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, all right, let me uh, let me just give, give myself a, uh, Lori would say, um, okay, my mind is blank. I'm thinking of a guitar. It's either a Martin guitar or a Blue Ridge guitar. You have 20 questions, go. Well, then one of those questions has to be, is it a Martin guitar? <laughs> yes. Is it a Dreadnought? Yes. Is it currently being manufactured and sold today? Yes. Is it made of all solid tone woods? Yes. Does it have a spruce top? No. Is it the D15M? Wow. You currently hold the record for the fastest game of 20 questions. That was six guesses. Six questions, yes. That's pretty amazing. I have to say so myself. So the D15M, I think many of us are love the fact that this is in the martin lineup uh, made with solid mahogany backsides and top it has a, a beautiful warm woody tone uh, they they sell them with the monel uh, retro strings that are a, a nickel alloy string that they have decided to pair that warm uh woody mahogany top sound with the uh with the strings that I think actually 
really enhance that mellowness. I do know that a lot of people actually change those strings out and use a normal Foster Brown strings or 8020s on their 15s. But uh, it's also a great value for an all solid wood guitar and uh, that's made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. And I am a, always been a big fan of the 15 series. So, so uh, a good choice to start off this, uh, this feature. And I look forward to uh, many more opportunities to see Mari try to get his own 20 questions in six questions or less. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Once you start developing grooves in the frets, buzzes can happen. And let me just say that as a, a well-rounded short answer to a problem that, that really deserves a lot more time. Well, yes. And, and when that happens, it, it's fixable. It's usually fixable. They call it dressing the frets. Uh, a technician who knows what he's doing. And um, if, you're, if you're Martin has a warranty because you're the original owner, you definitely want to seek out a, uh, an official uh, you know, Martin qualified technician to dress your frets. Uh, sometimes some people will insist on, uh, you know, doing the all the frets or nothing, which costs a little more money. Sometimes they have to actually replace a fret. And and some people have their frets replaced over and over and over. And Lawrence Juber, of course, can write it off as taxes. But just about every time he comes east, uh, he drops a guitar off at the factory to be refretted because, of course, he he's a hard player. And he... Uh, definitely uh, wears his frets out. Um, and, and thankfully, he's going to be coming to New York soon because his uh, daughter has a show coming up in New York City. And so I uh, hope and Lawrence will be coming to town soon. Cool. So I would not be surprised if he doesn't find time to go to the factory and drop off a guitar for a refret. <laughs> but, um, but for the most part, I live with that. I've got, you know, divots in my, all my guitars have, you know, fret wear and, um, and my uh, 1980s triple OC 16 has a lot of that and you know and I just have to live with some buzzing but of course you know we you know we want to get rid of or avoid as much buzzing as possible and um, so maybe we should have started this saying that sometimes you can play guitar without fretting and then you hear buzzing and that's a definitely a sign of the actions too low or it's not action related at all and something else is happening. And that's where we get into things that may not be actual buzzing as so much as a rattle from, you know, other things. We'll get into that in a little bit. But one of the things I wanted to mention, we were talking about nuts and saddles. I've run into times with guitars, uh, particularly older guitars, where I'll hear a buzz and I now remember the first thing I do is I lower, if it's a, only one string, um, I would lower the, the string all the way down tension, take the bridge pin out and reseat it because sometimes it's simply the bridge pin and the ball end of the string got a little wonky and that's actually where the buzz is coming from. And I ah. remember a very long time with a buzz and not knowing what, why it was you know, happening. And when I learned that, um, and uh, then I had, I mentioned that to a, a guitar tech guy here years and years ago and he said um, uh, one of the things that you can do uh, to prevent buzzing when you're only getting buzzing from one string no matter the cause is you can take those little ball ends that you have on a strings if you have the kind of brands of strings that there's actually a, a hole in it so it's just a little it's just a little circle you can take those and put one or two and, and actually thread them down your string all the way down to the ball end of the string, and that gives you kind of a little post. Um, so when you put the bridge, I don't know if I'm describing this correctly, but basically you put yeah. that, and I had my very first guitar I ever had, all of my strings, I would have to take those ball ends and I would thread them down to the bottom of the string and then put the pins in, and it made a huge difference in getting rid of buzzing. And I'm not sure exactly why, but um, do you have any thoughts of why, you know, the physics involved of why that would help uh, strings not buzz. I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. I don't, but I know exactly what you mean, and I know it does work sometimes. Uh, I've, I've actually done that, and this is going back long before I, I had the store, but yeah, you can you just take a, a string that you threw away and, like you said, thread it down, let it slide all the way down to the bottom, so now you have 
uh, an extra one that actually gets butted up against the bridge plate. Why it works, I, I'm now that you say that uh, on the air, I'm, I'm surprised I never wanted to know and ask somebody who could tell me. I don't know that answer, but it's fascinating and it's not hooey because I've seen it work. Yes, and it definitely worked. My first guitar was a, a con, C-O-N-N, and since they make brass band instruments, obviously they didn't make the guitar. It was from Japan or South <laughs> Korea, probably. This is in the 1970s and just had the con label on it. But um, but basically it was a, a copy of a, you know, triple O eighteen. And as it got older, that happened. And those, those ball ends of the string trick really worked for that guitar. Um, of course, in those days I was playing tens with super low action because I was basically rocking out and wanted those really bendy strings. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, as you guys can see already now that we're, you know, about a half hour in or beyond that buzzing can be caused by a variety of things. It's not always the same thing. And uh, so it's important when you're trying to tell somebody about the buzzing of your guitar that you try to be as specific as you can and describe your symptoms. When does it buzz? Does it, all, does it buzz at every fret? Does it only buzz at this fret? Does it... Uh, if you put a capo on it, uh, does the buzzing go away? And if so, where, at what fret, how high up do you have to go? Does it only buzz when you put a capo on? And that's one thing that can cause buzzing too. If your capo is not tight enough, you can call it, that can cause buzzing or it's not sitting, you know, as well as it should on the strings. All that stuff uh, can cause buzzing. But if the capo is setting correctly and you're getting buzzing, then again, we're talking about action. We're talking about for some reason, the strings or a string is contacting the frets. And it's important to know uh, when it happens. So the person that's going to try to fix that for you, um, you know, make sure they're addressing the correct problem. Speaking of frets, um, what about frets that aren't seated properly or that, what other things can, uh, about the frets other than divots um, might lead to buzzing? Uh, possibly a tall fret, and this isn't something that's very common, but if a fret becomes loose, it's not going to be seated all the way, and you can, uh, the tang and the groove of a fret that lets the fret basically seat into the fretboard slot, uh, doesn't matter how we get here for this explanation, but if there's a tall fret somewhere, and you say the fourth fret is tall, when you depress something on the third fret, the fourth fret's in the way. So you probably notice if you play on the fifth fret and higher, there's no problem, and then when you play something on frets one, two, or three, it's allowing the vibrating string to meet the fourth fret. So looking for a high fret, uh, I, I used to see on some YouTube videos or you know some articles on, on the internet, you can get a tool from a place like Stuart McDonald that lets you slide this, looks like a little part of a ruler maybe, all the way down your frets, and if you bump into one, well that and this is, I'm careful to say this, it's not always true, but in some cases, if you do this, if you slide this little tool from fret 20 down to, you know, 19, 18, 17, and you bump into the ninth fret, the ninth fret might be tall and not seated properly, and this little part of the program has a gigantic, maybe not, asterisk on it, because uh, it's not to diagnose a problem long distance, but that's how you would find that kind of thing out. Uh, there was a band that I would play in New York City called the Tall Frets, I remember. Um, <laughs> really? And, and this program, you know, I'm a big fan of accidentally finding names in, in daily conversation, you know, like pretend people's names. And I think Fret Buzz would, be a, would have been a great uh, name back in the punk era when people were inventing their own <laughs> names. Fret Buzz. Or Fred Buzz. Fred Buzz. Well, Fred Buzz can be interpreted multiple ways. Fret Buzz, you clearly know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> So, and so everything we've talked about right now has been on the front of the guitar. We talked about the strings and the frets and the nut and the saddle and, uh, and the bridge pins, in fact. And, um, and I imagine if you have truly loose frets, that a fret itself may vibrate and cause some kind of weird buzz. You never know. But what about turning the guitar over? Is there anything about the neck, shape of the neck, the... Uh, the way the neck is aligned, I mean, those kind of things, uh, could that possibly cause uh, buzzing when people play? Well, if we're going to get really technical, would you mind uh, if I take the liberty to stop talking about buzzing and start talking about the evil cousin, the rattle? 
Um, yes. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Because I, I, that's what I think now, too. And all we talked about so far are things where somebody comes and says, my, my guitar's got a buzz. It's making a buzzing sound. And everything we talked up to this point was what I would certainly consider, by definition, something buzzing, uh, where it's buzzing against the fret. And even though it's the ball into the string was another, another piece of what you brought up, there is a buzz that happens when the uh, vibration of the string comes into contact with metal. And I'll categorize them as buzzes, but there are also rattles on the guitar that might mistakenly seem like they're buzzing. And if we're just, you know, really splitting hairs, I don't mean to find anybody who wants to call it a buzz, but it's a rattle. That's not important. But what you might be complaining about might be better defined as something's rattling inside the guitar. And when you say turn the guitar over or take a look at the neck, from what I know, and, and that's not everything, uh, the seating of the neck or the, the actual attachment where the neck's in the dovetail pocket I don't think that's going to make buzzing and rattling. But when you think about the truss rod that's inside the guitar's neck, that certainly could be a culprit for, some might call it a buzz, some I'd call it a rattle. There's a sympathetic vibration that could happen, especially lately. And I'll go on further to say, especially in the modern deluxe guitars, the really lightweight truss rod that's inside the modern deluxe guitars, all Martin guitars since 2006-ish, have a two-way truss rod where you can actually loosen the truss rod from the center position or tighten it from the center position so it goes from the neutral place, it goes tight and loose. If for some reason that's just in the in-between window where say seven o'clock is completely loose and if you turn it to five o'clock it's completely tight, when it's at noon it might be relaxed and there's very little or no tension on it it's not uncommon for us to have a modern deluxe guitar that sounds perfect. I'll play it for a few minutes and check all the frets, put it down, pick it back up again. Now I'm playing the same guitar again the same way, and certain chords make a little bit of a buzz or a rattle. The actual seating of the inside truss rod could be to blame, and 99% of the time, just turning the truss rod just a little bit to get it from wherever it was seated before to turn it from 12 o'clock to 12.30 or from 12 o'clock to 11.30, just giving it a little turn in either direction before it's even really making a difference with your guitar's relief, the, that could be a culprit as well. But I would call that more a rattle than a buzz if you're asking me for the definition. Assuming that some of the people listening to this don't really understand the truss rod other than it's a rod that's put in the neck to help keep the neck from warping um, so just quickly say, what's the actual purpose of a truss rod and why do you adjust it? Why is it adjustable at all? Well, it's adjustable because you want to be able to modify the amount of relief in the neck. And the amount of relief, uh, the word relief is basically space. So if you, if you have a straight edge across the top of the neck from the first fret to the 14th fret, or much more conveniently use the string as a straight edge, Hold your finger on the first fret on the G string, for example, and on that same string, also hold it down at fret 14. Now your G string is acting like a straight edge ruler. You want to look to see how much space is still remaining between the top of the seventh fret and that string when it's depressed at frets 1 and 14. That's defined as relief. And the truss rod with a truss rod tool or a truss rod wrench can be loosened or tightened to either add relief or subtract relief. Over time, you can just picture how much stress is on the guitar neck when you have all those six strings pulling it away from itself, uh, connected back to the bridge. The strings are constantly pulling with a lot of stress and tension, and the truss rod is in there to help the, the solid neck stay in place because over time, if you would tune your guitar, don't do this, but if you would, as an example, and a complete hypothetical situation, tune your guitar instead of where it's at now in standard tuning, tune it up five full steps, and it just wants to pull the, the headstock right off the, the end of the guitar. You, you'd basically believe in, in, wouldn't take that long for that neck's going to start bending, and, and that's just something I should never have recorded on a microphone, but you get what I'm trying to say. The truss rod allows you to counteract that uh, because every day the guitar is sitting in its case tuned to pitch, it's trying to pull itself apart and the, the truss rod helps alleviate that. So, um, so in other words, you're, uh, you're adjusting the relief and set sometimes across the life of the guitar, the, uh, the uh, uh, relief needs to be adjusted. 
um, with a modern two-way uh, adjustable truss rod, that rod can, if you uh, put it at certain positions and play the guitar hard or whatever, that might ex put out an audible sound that you're calling a rattle. And so, so for people who have their own truss rod wrenches, how do you alleviate that rattle? Do you just adjust it, just try to adjust it a tiny bit one way or the other, or how would you do it? Yeah, the tiniest bit. And, and if, if, if turning it a tiny bit doesn't make a difference, turning it a lot is not going to either. And you'll likely introduce problems if the truss rod's already where it belongs. I just mean like going to a, you know, a clock face and turn it from 12 to just 12 in one minute. It's just, just give it a little bit of a nudge. But that's the only thing inside the neck uh, that could be guilty of, of making something buzz or rattle. And we haven't talked about what's at the end of the neck yet. How often, Spoon, have you come across someone's guitar, whether it's your own or someone else's, where there's something coming from the top while those six tuners are there? What do you know as far as what's your experience hearing from rattles and buzzes from the headstock and the tuners? Well, I've definitely experienced uh, uh, rattly t tuners, particularly on older guitars, that will, they just, they, they rattle, they vibrate, and that gives off, you know, a sound. And for people who are trying to get pure tone, that can be really annoying. But so too can the, the, uh, the string ends can be touching something, you know, if you don't clip their, a lot of people don't clip their uh, string ends really, really short. And the guys that like to roll them up, and I never quite understood the appeal of rolling them up like that. But, um, you know, those can be vibrate, you know, the, you, those can start vibrating and touching, you know, again, metal on metal and start making some sort of sound. So, um, so that's something, you know, uh, to make sure that the, that the housings, uh, if you have closed tuners, to make sure that those uh, screws haven't loosened up, because that, that can cause rattling. Um, and what else? Is that the kind of stuff you're talking about? Oh yeah, for sure. And I've, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people complain about different brands of tuners and different brands of tuners at certain parts of their lifetime where maybe, for example, Shaler was making a tuner from 2012 to 2018 and they, then they redesigned it. But some of them have bushings or little washers where you could be as careful as you want to be, but there's one that's going to just want to work its way loose. And again, much like the the tension of the strings is actually pulling the headstock forward and you have to look at the relief in the neck over the years. Every time you play a chord or a note or strum your guitar in any capacity, you're begging the tuner to, to vibrate along with the string that it's attached to. So there's, there's always the opportunity for something there to make noises. It's not that often uh, that it's really easy to find out. And, and there are times you might be playing a chord, for example, and hear something that sounds like it's coming from the, uh, the B tuner and you look and look and look and you find that it's it's the A or like me you find out it's not there it's the pickup and we didn't talk about that yet but what it's such a, a game of like mirrors you might be completely completely positive you've narrowed down the part of the guitar that's making the noise and it's the exact opposite end of the guitar how many <laughs> times I've heard people complain about their tuners rattling and it's actually the jack at the end pin I mean, the furthest thing from the tuners is what's causing the sound, but you might play guitar in front of me, and we both think, you know what? I'd bet my paycheck that's coming from the E tuner or the, or the A tuner, and it's not even that part of the guitar. The noises can travel in the weirdest ways, so please keep an open mind when you do think you found a problem and you want to tell your luthier or your tech or the manufacturer. Um, it's, don't be surprised if, if you become surprised, I think is what I mean to say. Well, in that same ballpark of things that can rattle that you don't realize, uh, the braces can come loose, particularly old guitars, uh, guitars that, um, that have gone through a lot of uh, severe weather and humidity changes, um, been dropped, like if you're dealing with used guitars or guitars that, you know, you weren't the original owner, uh, a guitar could have been dropped, you know, and and something like that could make a brace come loose just enough that it creates a rattle. Um, and, I, and up until this program, I would have called that a buzz. But since we're staying with the definition of buzz being <laughs> string on metal, then a rattle. And, um, and that can happen too, which is unfortunate because that then requires surgery 
Um, <laughs> though there are certainly good guys like John Hall and stuff that can sometimes get in and take care of a loose joint without having to take the top off, for example, you know, which requires refinishing and all that stuff. But many reasons, many reasons indeed. Um, and we mentioned, you know, technique stuff like that. Sometimes just playing hard. You know, there's some some of us heavy-handed people can could make any guitar buzz if we really worked at it. You know, so so when it comes to string buzz. But there is something else I wanted to bring up, and that is not uh, rattling from something being loose inside the guitar. It's not string buzz where the string is contacting a fret. It's actually distortion, and this is something that can happen when you overdrive a guitar. And sometimes overdrive uh, is a great thing to do, to really dig in and strum as hard as you can. And, and, uh, but sometimes uh, guitars will overdrive uh, sooner than you think they are. And it's basically an audible distortion. Oftentimes, it's much more noticeable to the guitarist than the person out front of the guitar that's hearing it being played. And from my experience, the softer the spruce, uh, the more possible that's going to happen. I think Sitka spruce tops are easier to overload in terms of power and overdrive the top than uh, Adirondack spruce. And I, I'm not sure, really, I don't play enough European spruce guitars and Engelmann guitars. I'm pretty sure Engelmann's even probably softer than Sitka in that respect. Um, so they can sound really beautiful when you play them right in the zone. You go over the zone and then you get distortion just like you would get out of an amplifier because that sound chamber of your guitar basically is an amplifier and the head of the drum is the spruce top and you introduce scallop bracing a light uh, quarter inch Sitka scallop bracing you introduce um, you know forward shifted even depending on the guitar and but for me short scale Martins with Sitka tops tend to overdrive more easily and you get a nice growly gnarly sound but i think that translates in some people's head uh as buzz and because i've heard people say you know can't, can't you hear that buzz and i'm like no i don't hear a buzz <laughs> i don't hear a buzz at all <laughs> but what i do hear is that what i do hear is that the tone has lost that violin purity sort of thing and has become growly or raspy and um and that's just going to happen and one of the Best cures for that for an owner of a triple O twenty eight like William C or somebody like that, if they're a hard player, is to use medium strings. Um, they're harder to bend, but you can play them harder. And you and not only does medium strings, I'm pretty sure if you put on medium strings that your action's gonna come up a little bit. That might help uh, with buzzing, but I think it also helps with uh, with that distortion sound um, that I'm talking about. And again, it's a phenomenon that I hear. Other people may not hear it the same way. Other people may describe it an entirely different thing, just like uh, a lot of uh, personal preference stuff that it may be something that somebody loves to hear um, and that other people find uh, annoying. So I would say, uh, if that's what you think you're suffering from, try uh, going to medium strings and just see if if uh, that works for you. So we, we talked about low action. We've talked about frets being uneven, loose, too tall, um, being worn down in certain places so you get the divots here and there. And um, a lot of that stuff can be corrected by technique, by remembering that when I play this string at that fret, it has that sitar buzz. So you get in the habit of playing it lighter um, until you can uh, afford to the, the time or the money to have your frets addressed and dressed. You know, playing too hard, fretting too hard, uh, fretting incorrectly. I notice uh, I get a lot of buzz out of certain guitars when I thumb fret if I, if I press too hard. If I'm playing emotionally and I wrap that thumb around when you're making the D shape and you wrap that around to on the bass E string, I have to remember that it doesn't require a, uh, a vice grip and I'll, the buzzing will just go away if I just remember not to play it as hard. So, so it's, there's so many different things. Uh, can you think of anything that we've forgotten that 
uh, when you go down your checklist of buzzing that, that we might want to mention? Actually, I, I can. You just almost started to address it right there. Technique is the one thing we didn't talk about, and it's very unique to each person. So if we both have D28s, mine doesn't buzz, but yours does, and we take a look at them, and they're all measured the same way, how you're playing the guitar, how carefully you're playing. You made a comment about you know gripping it too tightly. Same could be said for the opposite. If you're not gripping tight enough, there could be certain situations. There's a song I was learning last week for Martin versus Martin with our friend Marshall, and I didn't play it because one of the chords is really hard to play. My first thought wasn't, hmm, this guitar buzzes. My first thought was, I can't play that chord correctly. <laughs> so if, if you want to be open-minded and honest with yourself, if your guitar only buzzes on those chords that you're not good at, it might not be the guitar. It might be you. And I say that to myself and to you guys and to Spoon. Uh, we're all guilty of sometimes not fretting correctly or being confident in the way we're playing our guitars, our hands are, uh, are equally as guilty at times as well. So besides technique, which maybe wasn't deserving of being talked about because that's almost obvious, I, I think everything was really covered except for one embarrassing story that I wasn't sure I was going to share, but maybe there's time for it. If you'd let me, uh, if you would indulge me, uh, let me ask you if you remember me complaining about my guitar buzzing at a NAS Fest, I want to say maybe 10 years ago. Well, I would just like to say that you never need to ask, Mari, if you want to embarrass yourself on the air in my presence, just fire away. <laughs> yeah, it's an open invitation, isn't it? All right, so the year is circa 2012, 2013, and it doesn't matter if I'm wrong about that, but I was doing a pickup installation on my own guitar, and I remember it vividly. It was the LR Bags Element, and that specific pickup that specific installation wants you to drill a, a hole at a 45 degree angle into the saddle slot. And that you're gonna be able to fish the undersaddle braided element up through there. In doing so, I remember putting my drill bit in the guitar. I'm drilling, drilling away at my guitar to my heart's content and the bit broke. And only a little bit of it broke off, but I have this little 330 seconds drill bit and I pulled the, the hole, I pulled the drill out and a little bit of it didn't come with it. So I you know, turned the guitar upside down and tapped. And I thought, and this is where the part of the story you have to listen to, I thought I saw it fall out. So I'm playing my guitar for weeks and months and probably more than a year after that incident. And not regularly, not consistently, but every once in a while, I'd be playing certain chords, certain sympathetic vibrations and I would hear this rattle and I've been looking at all six tuners. I'm looking at all the frets. I'm looking at the end jack with the guitar. I'm pounding my fist on the guitar. Uh, part of the reason to see if I can get that rattle to happen. Part of the reason because I want to smash this guitar in pieces. I'm so mad I can't, I can't solve this. I'm passing my guitar around to friends at Martin Fest at 3.30 in the morning in the hallway. You play it. See if it happens for you. I think I hear it but I'm not sure. And I don't remember who attempted it in what order, but I let three or four luthiers take a look at it at different times. And Brothers Music, uh, our friends over in Wingap, finally found out that some of that little drill bit never made it out of the guitar and it was actually lodged inside the saddle slot. You can't see it, but it's, it, it, you know, picture maybe a, a 32nd of an inch piece of metal just is sitting in this little pocket hole and whenever it wants to dance, it's going to make this sound. But that's the most embarrassing, most infuriating uh, <laughs> rattle my guitar ever had because I basically caused it. Well, yes, and I'm sure you felt good when that was finally removed and, uh, and rightfully felt foolish <laughs> that <laughs> it had not fallen out at all. But yes, and I, I, that's a, a coda for this uh, discussion. You mentioned pickups. I've had uh, problems with rattling in the past where where it was the wiring from a uh, undersaddle pickup. And, you know, and it was just, I would you'd look in there and it would look normal and it wouldn't be there. But of course, then you, when you're in playing position, sure enough, a wire was like hanging down and contacting the, you know, the treble side of the top or whatever and was would rattle and it took me a long time to figure that out too because I suspected that's what it was but every time I would you know try to prove it visually with a mirror or just looking in with a flashlight or whatever I could never catch it in the act and I just eventually just went in there and and sort of tightened up those wires through the their little 
clasps that were holding them in place. And, uh, and ultimately that did make it go away. So I have had my own version of, you know, I know it's there, but I can never find it and finally made it go away. So uh, thanks again to William C. for this very interesting topic. And I'm, I hope that didn't leave you even more confused as to why your guitar buzzes. But I hope it's given you at least a roadmap of different things to look into and try uh, to try to uh, figure out where, uh, wherefore, and uh, how come, which I guess are actually uh, mean the same thing, your guitar buzzes. Well, that's great. Thank you very much again, William. We're glad you reached out. It's always nice to hear from friends. And that brings me to a very important buzz point for this episode. We'd love it if you could share this episode with a friend. And even better still, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We might even read your review on the air. BC writes, I enjoyed the podcast, particularly in reveling in your vast experience and subsequent knowledge of guitars, especially Martin's. I find the subtleties that those who are really immersed in certain subjects or items debate are often barely on the horizon for the rest of us, though most people tend not to admit it. Thank you so much, BC. Well, that was just great. Thank you, BC. I appreciate that very much. And uh, I look forward to uh, having you uh, uh, add further comments in the future. I couldn't have said it better myself. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. <laughs>